And there we go. Admit all. Admit all. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming. Let this other person in. Thank you so much for coming. Can everybody hear? Is the audio okay for everyone? Thumbs up. Awesome. 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 So welcome to Zenful Conversations. Thank you so very much for coming today. Um, for information on upcoming guest speakers and all of our many Zoom offerings, please visit zenfulconversations.com and sign yourself up for these no-charge conversations. Uh, my name is Zen Jen Brown, and I'm your host today. We're here with our guest speaker, Zooming in with us from London, Dr. Aria. Dr. Aria. Aria, Hello. thank you so very much for being with us today. Uh, it's such a pleasure. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you kindly for being here. Um, let me give a little bit about Dr. Aria. Um, Dr. Aria is one of the UK's leading high-performance psychologists. Dr. Aria Campbell-Danish is a doctor in clinical psychology and an expert in the fields of behavioral change and long-term health. A mindfulness specialist and creator of the FIT FIT method, he works internationally as a high-performance psychologist across the areas of mindset, exercise, and nutrition. His clients include high-profile creative artists, sports people, entrepreneurs, and corporate executives. Dr. Arya provides consultations on health-related topics to the press, universities, charities, and national organizations such as England Athletics. He's the co-author of the best-selling book, A Mindful Year, by Blackstone Publishing, and some of us on this call remember that book very well. It carried us through the first year of COVID. And let me pin you. And um, that was a very, very um, incredible book that really, really carried us through that, that year. It was as you know, challenging for everybody. So thank you for writing that book with, with Dr. Seth. And Dr. Aria is also a contributing author to the academic textbook, A Prescription for Healthy Living, a blogger for Psychology Today, and is regularly featured in mainstream lifestyle and news publications such as The Times, The Telegraph, Men's Health, Women's Health, and Marie Claire. Dr. Aria is an associate fellow with the British Psychological Society, registered member of the Nutrition Society, and senior associate member of the Royal Society of Medicine. He is here with us to chat today and answer your questions. Once again, thank you, sir. We're honored. Thank you. Please call me Aria. That's probably <laughs> the, the longest introduction I've had. So I hope everyone's <laughs> Well, I got a little sentimental there with that, <laughs> that book that it, it, it just was an amazing book to be to be going through with our group. Um, we're, we, we, ha we have a group that we read from. Um, I come on live, it's a Facebook group for women. I come on live every single day and I read messages and orders for us to live a happier, healthier life. That year, mindful year, really kind of put a spin on things and it led us more towards 
enjoying this life <laughs> and enjoying this experience of life and improving this experience of life. So um, information on how to co contact ARIA directly will be offered and shared at the end of this conversation, as well as in the follow-up email tomorrow, we will send that out. So is there anything you'd like to say, Dr. ARIA? Just I could sense there was emotion there, even for you whenever you were thinking about that time. I was just curious what it brought up me. Oh my God, are you kidding? Well, we fell in love with you and Dr. Seth. We absolutely fell in love with you two guys. It was almost like um, years ago, there was a major hurricane that came down through where I used to live and there was no electric, no TV. We couldn't see anything, but there was this guy on the radio, one of the meteorologists that really kept us going and hanging on to reality and it's gonna be okay and all that kind of stuff. And that's really how that book felt to us that year. Uh, it was phenomenal. And quite honestly, I picked it up today and I almost cried reading today's message. I'm gonna, fin I'm gonna go back to it for the, the finish up the this year. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I think the metaphor of a hurricane is very apt in that, you know, they can achieve wind speeds of up to 150 miles an hour. They can create such destruction. But the stillest part of a hurricane is its center. And that is a philosophy in a way that's guided my life personally and professionally, that even whenever there's a storm on the surface, even whenever the emotions are rampant, if we can connect to that deeper space beneath the thoughts, beneath the emotions, there's actually stillness there. A little bit like an ocean, you can have the waves of emotion, but at the seabed, it's very still. And within all of us, there's almost that sanctuary there, that place of calmness and clarity. And as much as possible, the work that I do is myself in my own life and to support others to tap into that sense of peace and ease with what is entering our lives. Yeah, it's been even a bit more challenging as I understand it. The, there's a lot more uh, depression and such going on because of all the circumstances. Let me, let me just go ahead and ask if anybody has a question right off the top of their head. Does anybody have anything they're itching to get out? Any questions ready to come on out? Okay, nobody has anything right away. So I'm gonna go ahead and continue. Um, many of our viewers, um, what we do is many of the people that watch this, this, this replay, um, we discuss that, as I mentioned, how to enjoy this experience of life and improve our experience of life. And I, I gotta say, your, the front page of your, uh, your front, your, your homepage of your website, uh, I think says it all, optimize your mindset, realize your potential and find your balance. Uh, this is really everything. Can you expand on that, please? Well, in, in many ways, what we experience as our external reality is a reflection of our internal world. So there's reality happening all around us, but then we filter it through the mind, through our thoughts, through our emotions, through our beliefs. And we often then create almost like an internal world of what that means. So there's an event will happen and then we'll add what I'll 
we'll call it's almost like a layer of perception on top of it. It's filtering through our perception and depending on what filter we have on then determines what we experience and how we feel about it moving through it. The thing with the mind is it's built with a negativity bias. And I can go into the details why, but it's evolved with this negativity bias. The brain is much more likely to select, focus on and retain negative information. The negative weighs about five times more heavily than the positive. And so when something's happening, the mind not only is having to deal with the pain of that event, but it creates additional suffering. The Buddhists call it the two arrows. The first arrow is what has happened. And the second arrow are the worries or the anxieties around that. Oh, this means that I'll never fall in love again. Or what if I lose my job? Or what if this happens to my child? And it spirals. And so part of the path is coming back to reality and dealing with the hurt and pain in reality, but separating that from the stories that the mind creates. And so it's a continual distancing from the thoughts that you have and even the emotions. So you still experience them, but you've got more space. It's a bit like that Viktor Frankl quote, the in-between stimulus and response is the space. And in that space lies our freedom. And so that's the part that we can begin to notice the mind and less let the mind lead us and we become more of the master and it becomes a servant. And through that, we've got space then to find balance. And for me, balance is often being aligned with the parts of your life that are most important to you or valuable to you. And so when we move from that space, then we're much more likely to live a more fulfilling life. Long answer to a short question. No, no, I mean, it's everything. It's everything. Um, the, a lot of us in this particular audience, um, we have a few miles on us, which includes a few traumas and the energy from those traumas have been held. And sometimes it's, it's it, I got to say, sometimes it's something you don't want to dig into. You don't want to experience these motions. And I get it. Sometimes they don't know where to start. Completely where do they start even beginning to to go into this space of because you have to love yourself in order to care for yourself it, to get to to get to even wanting to take care of yourself and be healthy yeah well part of it is understanding the mind and part of it a huge part of the basis is awareness so the mind is often trying to protect us from feeling pain you know we from an evolutionary perspective we're driven to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. So if there's emotional hurt there, the mind doesn't want you to feel it. It'll try and protect you from it. And one of the strategies is that it will try and avoid the pain. Try and deny it, block it, don't experience it, push it deep down beneath you. But it's a little bit like burying a suitcase in your garden or putting it in the basement. You might not see it, but it's still there. And another strategy is the mind will try and distract ourselves, keep ourselves busy. And it could be through socially sanctioned ways like working or just being active or shopping or eating or 
or going out or whatever it could be, but it's just keeping the mind likes to stay busy. But the inadvertent consequence of that is that it's a little bit like leaving residue of paint on the bottom of a bucket. It builds up over time. It's still there and it builds up until one day it begins to bubble over the surface. And then we can either lash out at someone or we might find ourselves in tears. And these are little ways of the, of the emotion rising to the surface. So part of it is just recognizing my mind is trying to protect me from feeling it. I think if you're lucky, that's what you'll feel. I think it manifests, uh, I think it's instead of burying a suitcase, it's almost like burying a bunch of dynamite because eventually those, it's, it's energy. Totally. It's gonna manifest. And I think it, it has happened with, with a good portion of our, of, our, of our audience. And we're in that process now of remembering who we are. Um, yeah, so. Um, and so then, yeah, in case it helps, it goes, you know, what we resist will persist. And so the first step really is to becoming aware of and acknowledging what is here, what emotions or feelings are here. We just want to even just acknowledge them. If we can become familiar with them. And part of the process is remembering that you didn't ask for these emotions. You didn't create them. It's not your fault that they're here. It's a bit like someone knocking on your front door. Someone's knocking on your front door. It's not your fault they're knocking on the front door. But our task is to open the door and see who's there. And we can slowly begin to, it doesn't have to be fast or extreme but we can slowly begin to allow the emotion in allow the person in and and then and then the next step is beginning to release that emotion letting it flow through you rather than acting from it or judging it why do i feel this way or questioning it or even trying to explain it or justify it just letting it flow through you i think about it for me i think about letting go of a balloon I often just even visualize letting go of a balloon and just see it float into the sky. And I'll even say to myself, I don't have to hold on to this. I can let this go. It's okay. It feels good just saying that. <laughs> I don't have to hold on to this. And it's a bit like emptying a bucket of water. You know, we empty one cup and we empty another cup until one day there is no more water in the bucket. So then there's no more sadness there, it's just passed through. And then our task each day is just to keep on emptying that bucket as it arises. It sounds actually very beautiful. <laughs> it sounds like, so nice, <laughs> but it's gonna definitely be challenging. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Definitely be challenging. Who has questions? Eileen, you have a question? Can you hear me? Where are you? Let's see. Lourdes, go ahead. Yes, uh, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon here. Uh, I'm not sure, I, I guess it's later over there. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and just like uh, Jen said, uh, that book, A Mindful Year, was uh, truly uh, transformational for most of us. Uh, it helped us channel a lot of emotions and find closure in different ways. Everybody had different experiences. But I'm just curious. Um, do you feel in your practice that there are different ways in which um, individuals find the trigger or the motivation or the commitment to change 
depending on the generation or maybe the gender, I wonder if there is like a universal way to tap into that calmness or if it varies depending on whether it's a woman or it's an older person. I'm just curious about what's your experience with that? Well, from a gender perspective, at a broad level or a group level, women tend to be a lot more intuitive and a lot more connected to their bodies and connected to their emotions. So often with, with men, and it's also societal, of course, of ideas of masculinity, they'll block the emotion a lot more. And they can become so blocked from the emotion that you also then become blocked from yourself. You're not connected to yourself. So they can come across as almost cold or uncaring to their partners. And the truth is, there's a huge amount of emotion there. They're just not connected to it. In terms of how it's expressed, it can vary for different people. You know, it can be, it can manifest physically, emotionally, mentally. The way I look at it, though, it's the universe's way of waking us up. So that's why we'll begin to even notice different patterns within our lives. And each one is unique to us and so it's about us understanding our own journey if that's if that fits mm -hmm. that sounds good thank you lordes thank you so much lordes who else eileen did you have a question i do really have a question i just wanted to kind of support a lot of what you've said jen and basically i wasn't part of the group during COVID. i wish i had known that you were doing this book but you, you spoke so highly of it, and I was so intrigued by it that I went out and bought it, even beyond um, your group reading it, and subsequently gave quite a few out for gifts at Christmas time. And it's so wonderful, sir, to be able to share those really positive messages. I see my friends post things out of your book all the time, um, you know, things that have touched them. And the thing that is there's so many um, intelligent people that have come forth with all these words of wisdom, but your book actually expounds on that and gives it an experience, which to me makes it more alive and real. And I just want to thank you for whatever insight you and Dr. Seth were able to put into just those quotes to give them life. I think that's really important. And that's what resounds with me. And I know Jen was going to uh, end with your with your um, quote today, and it was it's a wonderful quote. Um, and each day, I just seem to find little nuggets that are very inspiring. So thank you very much. That's beautiful. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Mm -hmm. You make and I, you know, several excellent points. And one is this: it actually isn't about intellect. It's not about intelligence. Whenever we come from a place of intellect, we're coming from the mind. The mind is very analytical and logical and very measured. And I have a very analytical mind, but even my journey has been connecting much more to, in a way, my heart or my soul. So I think about rather than going up into my head, for me, it's about going down into that place of intuition and wisdom. And that's where the richness is. That's where the connection is. That's whenever two people are in each other's presence, or even you can connect with someone through a podcast or through, or through writing when you're picking up on that openness.
coming from a place of truth. And the thing about truth is we might not like it or we might disagree with it, but once we cite it, it often resonates. It connects with us. And so I think that's, you know, part of part of the book and part of what you're describing. It's connecting to that place of truth. Mm-hmm. Thank Beautiful. you. That you, you just melted my heart even more. <laughs> even more. Gosh, Eileen, thank you. Thank you so much. Anybody else have anything they'd like to ask or share or comment? Um. I, I would. Uh, I'm not sure. It's not really a question, but it's just kind of an, a, a comment or an observation. Um, I, I'm trying to work through, you know, some some family dynamics. I know we all have a lot of family dynamics, varying degrees of that. And you talk about letting letting go and trying to visualize that balloon. And 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 I I still struggle. I I feel like I take five steps forward. And then as soon as I deal with the person that's hurting me or has hurt me, I'm like, right, <laughs> you know, I get the physical, you know, the heart when I, when I know that I have to talk to her, the heart, you know, beats the, you know, the pulse rates and you get nerves in your butterfly, you know, and it's like, why, why does that, why do these, there's certain people that just push your buttons. <laughs> And I, so you just keep, you just keep trying and keep plugging along and keep trying to let go and working on that. Or, or is it something where sometimes I wonder, will, will it be a hurt that will ever be, you know, filled a hole in your heart that will ever be filled? I, I don't know. Do you just keep plugging along? <laughs> like you're saying, there's some people, particularly the closer that they are to us, often family that are on the one hand, they're our greatest teachers because they trigger parts of us in such a deep and severe way that it's, it almost feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so it's natural to, to have that in your life. And it's natural to notice the mind might even begin to judge it and question, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Will I ever find forgiveness or find peace or, or even begin to judge why is this happening? You know, I feel like I've done so much work. Why am I still feeling this way? Mm-hmm. I remember even your heart racing or feeling anxiety, you didn't ask for that. Mm-hmm. That's just popping up. That's the physical, physical that's the, part. That's the physical part of the body moving from a place of protection. And so we can just be aware of that. Oh gosh, there's still tension here. There's still anxiety here. And, you know, I'll often practice letting go in easier situations. So it's practice, I practice it all the time. You know, you could be on a Zoom call and someone hasn't muted their profile or you're walking in the street and the person in front of you is walking too slow or someone's on the wrong side of the escalator you know the little things and you can just feel that little bit of tension or frustration or tightness mm-hmm. and I thought oh, I notice that and then I begin to I begin to let go and then I'll practice in other situations too so it's part of it's being gentle with yourself you're trying your best you're you don't want to be feeling this way it just happens to be here mm-hmm. And at the same time, part of it is also, I think, tapping into place of knowing that this journey never ends. Mm-hmm. 
never ends. Mm -hmm. If it's not this, it'll be something else. Mm -hmm. Our task is continually just to let go and to, and to find what is the next thing that I'll be looking at to work on. A bit like brushing our teeth. We don't brush until they're really clean and then go, ah, I'm done. Great, clean teeth. <laughs> I can relax. Yeah. Now we'll be brushing them tomorrow. So part of it is say, be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. You are where you need to be, where you're meant to be. And life continually flows. This isn't because this is happening now. It doesn't mean that it'll be happening in a year's time or five years time or 10 years time. The universe will take care of that for you. Beautiful. Uh, I just want to get, get to a place where when I talk to her, there isn't all that emotion, you know, I just want to keep the emotion out so that I can just not get so worked up <laughs> every time I talk I, to her. Like I, I had that with particularly a member of my family and I, my mind would be like, will this ever change? And it changed last year. And then I was like, gosh, gosh. I'm finally there. Not there. It's just not there. Didn't try and make it happen. I just noticed it wasn't there. And a huge part of that is often acceptance. Seeing someone as they are and fully seeing, and it sounds strange, but seeing that they have the right to say and do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. And if it triggers something within me, Aria, that's my issue. Because you're not conforming to my ideas of what is right. So then my mind says you're wrong and I'm going to try and change you or I'm going to punish myself by hurting myself because I don't like it. But the more we let go, you know, it's like the flip side of acceptance is letting go. Eventually we can, we can, I believe you can too. I feel it, it'll, it'll come. It's just nature goes at her own pace. You can't rush the opening of a flower. You can see it, but we can't pull it open. It'll come. Part of it too is I, I am better than it. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Maria. I was just going to say, I am I am better than I was, but still, I am, but still. Oh, so <laughs> you okay. You're in a different place now to where you were maybe a year ago or five years ago. Phenomenal. The mind often goes to extremes. It, it works in a binary fashion. Is it here or is it not? Is it one or is it zero? Is it yes or is it no? Life is so much more nuanced and textured. You're already you're already flowing and evolving and growing. Beautiful. That's it. I can testify to that for sure. And yeah, part of it is knowing that we do can. It just doesn't have to be that way. We can do something with ourselves, how we perceive it, how we receive it. Uh, so knowing that we have these tools is is part of it too. Thank you, Maria. Um, anybody else have one uh, question before we, Dr. Aria? Um, we, we have to respect his time. Any questions, comments from anybody else? Eileen, did you have anything you wanted to ask today? No? I have not had a chance to read your book, but I will order it today <laughs> and start reading it. But there was something that Lourdes put into the question that she had to you about gender or age and or age. Um, I am 74 <laughs> and I've come through a lot of angst over time. And I would say to you, Lourdes, that uh, the 74 year old Eileen is handles things a little bit differently emotionally at this point in time. And to what you were saying, is it Maria? 
Um, I also was able to create some boundaries and felt very positive and gave myself permission to do those things. So even uh, with maternal angst, was able to really stop that in its tracks. It took a long time, but I gave myself permission to limit the contact, uh, limit the kind of visits or conversations. I did a lot of work around, uh, but it took a lot um, in terms of age and stage for me to get to that point. So I think there is something to be said about our emotional landscape at different ages and how we process and handle. Now, having said all that, I would say that I've got great coping skills. Um, I write a lot of angst into the uh, singer-songwriter stuff that I do, but good things. It always ends on positive ways, but I have an outlet for that. But the events of the world right now are the most trying on me. And the pandemic has been very isolating for me, and I love people. so. I'm in a whole new set of challenges. And I'm just saying that age and stage, yeah, I have great, now I have great coping skills, but the challenges today are, are even much more, the, I would say, external challenges of the world of events are the ones that I have virtually zero control over other than voting and trying to limit the impact of the damage that that does to my soul is something I'm working hard at. So I'm hoping that as I read your book, I find uh, some new weapons in my arsenal. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. It's lovely to meet you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Eileen. Part of, part of what came to me with what you're saying is that often our environment can provide the triggers for what we experience in, inside and whenever an environment is particularly volatile or uncertain or complex or ambiguous or despairing and hurtful it brings even more feelings within us and part of the thing is seeing that it's the same process throughout in that there are only two things we ever have control over Everything is outside of our control. The people around us, the, the weather, the climate, markets, what governments do, inflation arises, wars in other parts of the world, all of it on a macro level and on a micro level. The only two things we can have control over is our approach and the actions that we take. Even the thoughts which our mind has and the emotions which arise are outside of our control. We can co-create some thoughts, but entirely we're not in control of them. So for some people that might be scary, but when you see it, it can also be ultimately liberating. It's not something that I can control or have to. My only task is to come from a place, so in my philosophy, to come from a place of love and come from a place of truth. If we come from, and really love and truth are often just two sides of the same coin. If we're doing that, then all is well. You're so beautiful. So beautiful. Uh, I, I got to say you too, Dr. Seth was also very beautiful when uh, we had the opportunity to speak with him too. I wasn't doing these recordings then, 
um, but he he did come on during that year and speak with us for a little bit. So it was very warming and and very touching. What? Um, but who's your favorite? I'm sorry. Or who's your favorite? Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite. He's my favorite. Hey, <laughs> you guys both. Though. Well, he he talked about. Well, he you guys are friends. And, and 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 the love he expressed for your friendship was felt in when you were just talking with Eileen about the the realness of it all. Um, that's what I got from. And this is the book, A Mindful Year. And it see how see how worn it is. Indeed. It is a glorious book. And I did. I also gave gifts this for Christmas gifts that year, um, but. It, from what I understand, you were getting married and he went to England, yes, to um, to be a part of your wedding. And you guys had the opportunity to take a walk uh, on this very busy weekend. And would you mind discussing that little bit? Not at all. There's this moment where we were walking by very close to where I'd... Uh, I'd been married the day before and we're walking through the forest up this hill and I remember I had my wife with me, Seth was there and my family and another dear friend. And I remember this just this feeling of peace and contentment where it was almost like a very surreal out-of-body experience of everything I need is in this present moment. There's nothing that I need to be happy. When your heart is open, you're connecting and you can connect to people, to the people you love, but you can also connect to nature. And just being present and feeling that deep gratitude which arose from being fully present was just sublime. And it was almost like this beautiful clarity that anything else could change the amount of money in my bank account, which I was hoping would change or the house I'm in or the car I'm driving or what people think about me and that could all change and none of none of it would have impacted the essential peace and happiness and joy in that present moment and Seth felt it too and he's a man who I love dearly and we're very connected often when one of us is going through something in our lives we'll we speak every week and uh he's in the states and I'm in London often and it often mirrors the other so he felt it at the same time and we, we began laughing because we both could see we could imagine in about a week or two weeks time the wi-fi won't be fast enough and my coffee is taking too long to get ready and oh my goodness look at the traffic or why is the why is it rainy when it's meant to be sunny and we could sense that the mind will try and find its way back so we're just talking about saying, I wonder if there's a way that we can support one another to tap back into the present moment. And then from that, the idea of the book came of why don't we write to each other every day for a year? I'll write to him on the first, he'll write in the second. And just as two people who have a great deal of love and respect for each other and are speaking to a friend to share whatever we believe could support them and with you know nurture and strengthen our connection to the present moment and then that formed the basis of of the book 
It is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's not, this book is a couple years old and um, I wasn't, it, this wasn't about trying to sell this book, but when I, when I put my hands on it, because I haven't really picked it up since that year. And I mean, it, I feel inside and it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's quite, it's quite lovely. Thank you mm -hmm. so very much for sharing. Don't want to keep you too long. Does anybody else have any last questions or comments before we let this beautiful man go? Okay. Um, let's just see right here. Let's get to my last page. I'm a little bit disorganized. Let's see. Um, yeah, this book was really amazing for us. And you and Seth both definitely have a, a, a special place in our hearts. It really mm -hmm. helped through the challenge of COVID. And I'm going to bring it back because it's it's wonderful. The format is like that. One one day you wrote and one day he wrote. And, and there's the... Um, it has a quote at the front, like Henry Ford wrote the quote on today's August 11th. So I just opened it up and it had, it has a quote at the top. It has a little bit of like maybe two, three paragraphs, and then it has an invitation at the bottom. So it allows you to invite, uh, you know, like this one says, looking back over your own troubling times, in what ways have you grown since then? Right. And and then it just asks, it allows you to work through, consider your relationships, how you feel appreciation, your personal courage, your spirituality or religion, or your sense of possibility, and see if you can recognize your positive qualities and the strength that's deep within. Absolutely beautiful stuff. But let me just say right now, he has a website that is Dr. Dr hyphen aria aria.com where you'll find all kinds of wonderful information all kinds of wonderful information we'll send out his contact information tomorrow via email along with the replay link um yes please visit zenful conversations and sign up for more of these conversations where you get to ask the questions aria in deep gratitude thank you so much Bless you all and sending my love from London. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and week. You too. You too. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing your questions. See you next time. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.